0: Midnight, bringing darkness instead of light. great blood-sucking pretty much. well sometimes, that is better. There's no turning back now. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Welcome back to Off The Press. Uh, this is episode number 11. I'm your host, Blake, as usual. And uh, this week, let's talk about some horror stuff. Um There hasn't really... Been a whole lot going on news wise for horror. I mean, we've got like some news about the new Child's Play, and um, I think since the last episode was when they announced that Mark Hamill would be voicing Chucky, so we'll see how that is. I don't know. I'm not really a huge Child's Play guy to begin with, so I'm not super excited or pissed off about this new one or whatever. So, you know, I'm sure I'll see it, but it's just not something i'm i'm really amped up about like i was especially for the new halloween so we'll see but one thing i did want to talk about was a trailer that i saw that i thought looked really cool um i saw it when i saw pet cemetery and it was probably the best part of that movie going experience uh if you don't know what i'm talking about last week's episode was a review of pet cemetery and i was not exactly a fan so I saw a trailer for this movie called Brightburn when I saw Pet Cemetery, and I'd never heard of this before. Um, it's directed by a guy named David Yurovsky, and uh, it's produced by James Gunn, uh, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy and his brother. I haven't heard of this director before, but he has another horror movie called The Hive from 2014 in his um, his credit. But other than that, he's he's pretty unknown director. And this movie, Brightburn, looks pretty cool. It's basically... As far as I can tell from the trailer, the story is um, basically if Superman came to Earth and was evil instead of good, and uh, not so much like supervillain evil, but more like almost like a slasher villain, it kind of seems like, or like a murderer. Uh, it looks really, really cool. It it looks really interesting visually. Um, the main character, the the kid who plays the hero, has like this cool red like burlap sack looking mask it's kind of like um like jason and friday the 13th 2 or like the scarecrow from batman especially it reminded me of that and um all of the visuals just look really like dark and stylized kind of like it reminds me a little bit of man of steel which maybe that's my first thought because it is borderline a superman movie just like a what if superman movie but it's those kind of like uh Comic booky looking um, visuals, just really dark. So, so that looks cool. Um, I personally am very burned out on superhero movies. I, I'm not really as big of a fan as I used to be. I mean, I'm gonna go see the new Avengers. I already bought my tickets, but like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen like any of the DC movies because I just, I stopped caring after a while. And uh, even, even some of the Marvel ones, I, I kind of just skip now if they're not really important I didn't see Captain Marvel I haven't seen a couple of the other ones it took me a while to see Spider-Man and um so I'm not really like a big superhero guy but I thought that this movie looked really cool it looked right up my alley as a horror fan obviously and um I sort of was just wondering why I had never heard of this before seeing the trailer it's it's very rare for me to go to the movies and see a trailer I haven't at least heard of before um because it's just obviously something I keep up with as much as I can because I enjoy it. But I sort of like looked into that because I was curious. And it it turns out that they had plans to promote this at Comic-Con in 2018. And uh, it was actually pulled from that at the very last minute when all of the Disney stuff was going on with James Gunn with him getting fired for... You know, like tweets from years ago, and and Marvel was really upset with him, and Disney was, and so they they let him go, and uh, I guess this movie being produced by Sony, they sort of wanted to avoid getting caught up in that backlash. I guess so, I guess so. Um, I guess they shelved the movie. I guess it was supposed to come out earlier because Comic Con 2018 was a long time ago, and and I guess they put the movie off until. Yeah, obviously now uh James Gunn's been reinstated and they sort of like made up with him i guess i don't know there was a lot of um criticism online of disney for for making that choice so i guess they uh came to their senses and and with that this movie was was sort of brought back and and is being promoted again and it comes out may 24th so not not really that far away and uh it's definitely a movie i i plan on checking out it really um impressed me the trailer and I was I was shocked I hadn't heard of it before so it's called bright burn uh, the trailer is online you can you can check it out I, I think it looks like um, something different for superhero movies which is which is hard to do nowadays since there's so many of them so it looks cool I'm definitely gonna check it out so the main topic for this week's episode is horror movie soundtracks and this is a topic that's been requested a lot and it's something that, I'm excited to talk about. It's something that I enjoy a lot Uh, for me personally. Music is extremely important in movies. Um, It's an element that I think can make a movie that's really not that good and it can make it really interesting, at least even if it's not necessarily a good movie. I think that a good soundtrack is something that draws me back to a movie, something that will have me rewatching something, even if I didn't necessarily like it that much. Um, All of the soundtracks on this list are movies that I like a lot, but there's definitely been some here and there that I sort of didn't love, but my opinion on them was boosted by the fact that they had a really good soundtrack. So as far as what I think makes a soundtrack really good, um, I think that the main thing for soundtracks is that they should be able to stand alone uh, without watching the movie and still be enjoyable. They should be able to stand on their own and and sort of set a certain mood and uh, be enjoyable without having to actually sit down and watch the movie and and hear that music in the context of the movie. Uh, I think this is definitely true much more for horror films. I personally love movie soundtracks in general, but if I'm going to listen to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, it's because I'm thinking about Lord of the Rings, whereas some of the soundtracks on this list uh, really blend pretty seamlessly into other playlists that I listen to or other moods that I might be in that are totally detached from both horror films and especially from the original movie that it is actually coming from. So I find this happens more often with horror films. I don't know if more... Is, more attention is paid to soundtracks in horror films. It kind of seems that way to me, at least. Uh, you, you know, there are soundtracks that I will listen to that I haven't even seen the movie. And I don't think that that really applies anywhere else. Maybe here and there with sci-fi, but I think horror soundtracks sort of... are They stand apart from other film soundtracks in general. You, you don't see a lot of people talking about movie soundtracks outside of movies that are not horror related. So horror soundtracks are kind of special. They're kind of their own niche within uh, film culture, I guess. And so that's why I want to talk about them. That's why I love them so much. And uh, yeah, let's just get right into some of my favorite soundtracks. Um, For this list, I tried to stay away from The super obvious ones, like, you know, the Halloween theme song or the Nightmare on Elm Street theme song, I think those are all obviously great and super iconic, but I didn't want to just sort of talk about things that everybody knows and everybody is familiar with and that are already on the top of a million, you know, top 10 lists out there. So I tried to go a little bit different. There's still here and there some pretty popular ones, but... I tried to sort of um, stay away from the obvious choices. So the very first one on my list, and by the way, these are not really in any specific order. I just sort of threw together a list. But the first one that I want to talk about is It Follows. This is definitely my favorite modern horror movie score for one of my favorite modern horror films. It's one I rewatch a lot. And as I was sort of, doing this list, it got me thinking that not, not a lot of modern horror films really have strong soundtracks anymore. There's obviously some standouts, like obviously it follows. Uh, I think the witch had a really good soundtrack and even the first insidious film had a lot of memorable music, but there are a lot of modern horror films that either have very like generic soundtracks. I would say the rest of the conjuring, uh, franchise and the rest of the insidious films don't really have much that's that memorable. They sort of just either copy the first film or just sound like generic movie soundtracks. And um, then there are other ones that will purposely ignore the element of the soundtrack or purposely keep the film very quiet. Hereditary is one that comes to mind. Um, I can't tell you a single piece of music from that film and it's one I've seen a couple of times and it's one I like a lot. And I think in that film, it's very deliberate, but in both cases, I think that they're sort of missing out on a really great part of movies, a a part of movies that I enjoy a lot, that I think a lot of people enjoy a lot. And, and it's, it's interesting to take a look at all of the horror films coming out now and how few of them really have memorable soundtracks. Whereas films from the eighties, even the nineties have, Songs that you remember and, and soundtracks that people still listen to today. But It Follows was was one that that definitely stood out in terms of modern films. It's sort of like this dark, uh Synthy type of music that really I think really fits the movie really, really well. Um, it Follows sort of has this weird thing going where you don't really know when it's supposed to take place uh, there's like elements of technology that look outdated. And then there's also things that look futuristic. It's very weird. It's a weird, like aesthetic for a movie that I I honestly can think of very few other cases of this. Um, but the music actually fit that really, really well. I think it, it sort of is also vaguely eighties, but, unsettling and dark and and that sort of is the whole vibe of the film it's a very unique film in terms of its it's um its aesthetic and its atmosphere and I think that the soundtrack is just a perfect pairing with the film it 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 helps the atmosphere sort of um set in and it and it's a very strange and unsettling atmosphere and this soundtrack just does a really really great job of being a part of that. And uh, like I said. I-, I wish more modern horror films. Use the soundtrack in this way. I-, I understand that sometimes it's deliberate. And they don't have a soundtrack on purpose. But I think that. One of the reasons that. I revisit it follows as much as I do. Is because of the soundtrack. And it is the number one. Of this whole list. Of ones that are. Part of like other playlists I listen to. And. And it just is very much detached from the film for me. And I listen to it all the time without even realizing it. Cause it just comes up on shuffle and I enjoy the music so much. And so it has that element that I talked about before of standing on its own and being a really strong soundtrack while also when paired with the movie, it's just as strong and it's just as good. So I love the, it follows soundtrack. I think it's great. Even if you don't like the movie that much. So the next one that I wanted to talk about is definitely a classic when it comes to horror soundtracks. You will find this one on every single list of top whatever horror soundtracks, and that is the original Suspiria soundtrack uh, by the band Goblin. This is a super creepy, super atmospheric soundtrack. Even outside of the film, it's just haunting music, and it really just paints a picture of horror and and suspense and I think that you you really could even argue that the soundtrack is almost better than the movie if that makes sense in that it's just much more accessible I guess Um, Suspiria is a movie that I like a lot it's one of my favorites but it's it's sort of a niche film in its appeal I think that I and I know that from from just like talking to people and stuff that Even if you are a huge horror fan, you might not necessarily like this movie. A lot of people don't love it, but it does have um, sort of a cult following within the horror community, and um, I think that what I mean by the soundtrack maybe being better than the film in the sense that it's more accessible, the soundtrack is something you could enjoy outside of the film and still get that same... Uh, vibe I guess from the movie you know it's, it's a movie about witches and, and witchcraft and the soundtrack very much has a lot of elements that play into that idea and, and I think that you will definitely understand the feel of the movie and the atmosphere of the film by just listening to the soundtrack even without seeing the movie so that's what makes it a really strong soundtrack in my eyes and uh, I'm sorry but I did not like the new version of Suspiria um and I especially didn't like the soundtrack I didn't think it had this element I'm talking about of being great on its own and uh it just sort of it like the rest of the movie just fell flat for me totally totally didn't have any of those elements that made the original so special both the film and the soundtrack they both were very bland to me uh, I know a lot of people really loved the new Suspiria. I hated it. I turned, I, when I was finished with the film, I was just super disappointed and I was disappointed in the soundtrack too. And I am a fan of Radiohead. I like Tom York's work, but I just, this one just didn't really connect with me. And um, so that's why I didn't like it. And and definitely is a part of why I didn't like the new film because uh, the original soundtrack is a lot to live up to. And, and I think that they tried to take it in a different direction because they knew that they wouldn't be able to recreate the soundtrack, and uh, it just didn't really work for me. But pretty much every soundtrack on this list can exist outside the frame of the film it was made for, and uh, the original Suspiria soundtrack by Goblin is definitely one of those. It's it's very, very strong. It's great music. Um, the theme song of Suspiria, I listen to a lot. It's It's on a lot of my playlists. I love that song. It's great. And uh, even the, the whole rest of it is just really, really good. Definitely something you can listen to without watching the film. Next on the list, um, let's see. Obviously, I, uh, I can't go a single episode without talking about this movie, but The Shining, it's one of my favorite films, probably my favorite horror movie of all time. And uh, I love the soundtrack that it has. It's, you know, when you talk about atmospheric soundtracks, this is like, number one uh this is the the essential atmospheric horror soundtrack and uh, I think that's because this soundtrack is re- it's barely even music for the most part uh it's more just like sounds and and noises and and atmosphere it really it really is just pure atmosphere except of course there's that that super iconic opening theme that uh is such a great fit for this movie it really captures the the spirit of the film. You know, to me, The Shining is all about dread and sort of like the concept that something horrible is about to happen or something evil is coming but but hasn't really arrived yet, but you can like feel it. And um that's because, you know, very little actual events occur in the movie before the very end and the climax and it's all just atmosphere and set up for the finale and I think that the whole soundtrack really speaks to that it's a lot of creepy noises and and voices and strange supernatural sort of sounds that just feel like they're leading up to some big final conclusion just like the film so the soundtrack for The Shining while it's not necessarily music and this is probably the only one on this list that I do not really listen to outside of the film very often but it is still a great soundtrack. It fits this movie so well. And so I had to include it on this list. So to sort of break my rule from the beginning about avoiding the obvious choices, I have to include the exorcist on this list as well. Um, In particular that the theme song, you know, it's a song called tubular bells. That is so iconic. It's, it's so uh, heavily associated with this film, so heavily associated with the entire horror genre um, for me, especially, I feel a sort of personal connection to this song and the soundtrack. Uh, it's sort of when it, when I was a teenager, there was a haunted hayride in town that I would go to every single year, always with my friends or whoever. And this is like one of those songs that is on every like Halloween sounds CD back then. And uh, so it always makes me think of going to that haunted hayride and like the Halloween season and, and the like smell of artificial fog and like all of those elements of like a haunted hayride that I used to love so much when I was a teenager, they always like come back to me when I hear this song, because I feel like it was always playing at haunted hayrides and like Halloween events. It was, it was such a part of like horror culture that it would be always associated with Halloween. Even though the exorcist is not a Halloween movie it makes me think of Halloween just because of that, my own like personal experience with this, uh, theme song. And, and I think I've mentioned it before, but I was sort of a late bloomer when it comes to like becoming a horror fan. I I wasn't really a horror fan until later in my life. And, uh, I actually heard this, this song and the music before I ever saw the movie. When I was a teenager, I was not into horror, but I, uh, I had heard, definitely heard this song a ton of times. So um it almost it it sort of is forced to stand on its own for me because the first time I heard it it was by itself. I I had no context for it and I still enjoyed it and I still do enjoy it. So I had to mention it even though it is a pretty um iconic and and popular theme song which I do I am trying to stay away from on this list but you know I couldn't not include this one. And while I also said I would not talk about the Halloween theme song, I do want to talk about the Halloween 3 theme song. Uh, and it's a song called Chariot of Pumpkins, I believe is the name of the song. It's it's a John Carpenter score. He did the score for Halloween 3, even though he didn't direct the film. And it has all of those great like synth elements of a John Carpenter score. His scores are very recognizable. You can always tell when you're listening to a John Carpenter soundtrack. I I keep talking about playlists, but I, I go on Spotify a lot and will just like type in like horror movie soundtracks while I'm like drawing or whatever, and have that on in the background. And you can always tell when a song from a John Carpenter movie comes on, it has very recognizable elements to it. And this theme song for Halloween three has all of those elements. It's very distinctly John Carpenter, and I really like that sound of John Carpenter's soundtrack, so this is a great one. It's it's a really great uh, fit for this movie. I think that... I don't really like to call Halloween 3 underrated anymore. I actually kind of want to do an episode about uh, quote-unquote underrated horror films, because I think that the term underrated gets thrown around a lot. I mean, Halloween 3 is, like, every... Buddy, who makes anything horror related shirts pins whatever has done some form of halloween 3 merch before everybody is always talking about it everybody watches it when when it's halloween season so i think it's hard to call it underrated anymore but i do think that the soundtrack is underrated because i don't see a lot of people mention this one when talking about the best horror soundtracks and to me this song is is very very um fitting for the movie and for the horror genre and for John Carpenter. And speaking of John Carpenter, I wanted to talk about the 2018 Halloween soundtrack. Um, I really wasn't expecting the soundtrack to be great. I know that a lot of people were excited when John Carpenter was announced as the, the soundtrack as doing the soundtrack for this film. When, uh, it was still in production and, and every week we were getting like new Halloween updates. I kind of missed that cause it was, it was very exciting to be so excited for this movie. But, um, when John Carpenter was announced, I was excited, but I feel like whenever I see interviews or, or, or read interviews, John Carpenter is very like, I don't know if jaded is the right word, but he's sort of like, um, he, he doesn't seem to care that much anymore. Uh, it's very obvious that like he made all of his iconic films and then, um, some of his later films started to not do so great. And it kind of like, I don't know if it pissed him off or, or just like made him realize it was his time to hang it up. But he seems kind of, uh, nowadays to be not, not so protective of his older films and doesn't really care when people remake them and doesn't really care what's done with his properties. And so when I saw that he was going to be doing the score for this, I kind of expected him to sort of phone it in, in a sense. Um, I know that a lot of people love John Carpenter and I love John Carpenter too, but I really wasn't expecting such a great soundtrack out of him. And, uh, he totally proved me wrong and I'm very happy that he did totally, uh, um, blew my expectations out of the water with this soundtrack. In particular, there's a song called The Shape Hunts Allison, and this had that classic Carpenter feel, but updated for a movie that's coming out in 2018 and not, you know, 1982. It didn't, the the song in particular, and the whole soundtrack really, it didn't feel nostalgic just for nostalgia's sake, even though that's pretty much what this whole movie was. It was very much a nostalgia-driven film. But I think that the soundtrack could have very easily been phoned in and sort of like just reworking the original soundtrack because that is so iconic. And instead, I think that John Carpenter really took it in a modern direction. He really reshaped some of those original songs to fit a new movie and be memorable as a part of a new movie and not just a rework and remake of his original soundtrack. So I really enjoyed that. I think that the Halloween 2018 soundtrack was definitely something that uh, exceeded my expectations. And I was very happy about that. So the final soundtrack on this list, the final film on this list that I have to mention because it is so, great is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, particularly the Dream Warriors theme, because this song is legitimately a strong part of my daily rotation of of music. I listen to this song at least twice a week, I would say, just in my shuffle of songs, and uh, I love it. The Dream Warriors theme song is the best. You know, I, I didn't want to have the just nightmare on elm street theme song cuz you know that's another one that's just super iconic and it and it's a great song but i i really wanted to talk about dream warriors because i i love that song <laughs> and um it's it's very uh fitting for nightmare on elm street 3 i mean i i don't know if i've mentioned it on this podcast before i think i might have but to me dream warriors is like the ultimate peak of 80s horror films. I consider it the best 80s horror movie um, It in that it has every single element that makes an 80s horror movie good and uh, it just sort of executes everything really, really well. It executes all of the workings of the genre in the 80s and just perfectly nails it. It really is just like if, if somebody had never seen a horror film before and said, what are 80s horror films like? What is this this era of horror like? I think this is the movie to show them. And the song perfectly fits that. You know, it's back in the the days of, you know, bands producing songs to be theme songs for movies. That's a very, like, 80s concept that almost never happens anymore. I think the only time it really does is, like, Arcade Fire will do... Some, ho- some not horror soundtracks, but some soundtracks like they did one for, um, for the new Dumbo, the Tim Burton Dumbo. I remember when, uh, where the wild things are came out, the live action version of that. They did a song for that, but, but outside of that, there's not really like, there's not really songs being made for movies anymore. There's definitely soundtracks being made, but not like there's not singles for, for, uh, films anymore. Like there used to be, and and the single, the hit song for Dream Warriors is amazing. It's 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 just uh it's the perfect song for this movie. It's by the band Dokken, and it's just so eighties, so good. Uh, it even actually appeared on an episode of Riverdale, the the Archie show, and um, I thought that was really interesting because it was kind of out of place. And I I have a strong feeling I don't watch Riverdale anymore. Uh, I did for the first season, but from what I've heard, there's a lot of, like, 80s horror references in that show, and I have a strong feeling that one of the showrunners or the producers or something is, like, secretly a big fan of 80s horror and tries to, like, work it into this show as much as they can, even though it's it's an Archie show that is, like, a teen drama, I guess. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't keep up with it. I've heard it gets really, it's gotten really weird, but... Um, yeah, they had an episode where they performed dream warriors. And, uh, I remember my sister, she watches the show and she literally texted me when it was on and was just like, Oh my God, they're playing dream warriors on Riverdale right now. Uh, because of course I made her watch that movie with me once. She's not a horror fan, but, uh, she did watch dream warriors with me. So she was, she got the reference and, and immediately texted me about it. Uh, So that just sort of shows how iconic this song is that a show in 2018, because I think that's when it was, can can redo this song and it still be great and people still enjoy it. That's really that's crazy to me. And uh, so, yeah, I I think that the people who run that show are definitely 80s horror fans. There's been a couple of other particularly Nightmare on Elm Street references. um, So that's kind of cool. So that is the last soundtrack that I wanted to talk about, but I do have a couple of honorable mentions that are not movies, but actually TV shows. The first being of course, the twilight zone, obviously that theme song is super iconic. It's instantly recognizable. It sort of becomes so much a part of like the cultural, uh, lexicon in the United States that everybody knows that, that theme song, but, I actually also love the the lesser used original theme song. um it was only used in the first season and I don't even think it was every episode of the first season, maybe just like the first couple. It was composed by Bernard Herman and um that theme is really underrated because everyone just knows the more iconic one that was the theme for the majority of the series for all the later seasons. but the first season has this really like um, softer, uh, kind of creepier theme song. You know, the, the, the main theme is very like, uh, loud and in your face, but it was a very like, um, subtle theme that was sort of like dreamlike and, and, um, just, uh, like gentler, I guess. And, uh, it's really, really good. I like it a lot. It, it still fits the show perfectly. Uh, if you go back and watch some of those earlier episodes, it's still on there, like on Netflix and stuff. And, you can hear it there, and, and it's, it's really good. It's worth checking out. Another one for me would be the Goosebumps theme song, the, the Goosebumps show from the 90s. Uh, that was a huge part of my childhood. I used to always uh, rent the tapes, because uh, I'm old, from uh, the library and watch the Goosebumps show, and even though I wasn't a horror fan when I was younger, I did love Goosebumps, and so that theme song is one that is uh, very nostalgic for me, and I, I like it a lot. It, it fits the it fits that show well. I definitely would not recommend uh, <laughs> revisiting the Goosebumps show if you are a fan because it has not aged well at all. But back then, it was good. It was scary. I don't care what anyone says. I loved that show, and I love the theme song. And just the last one that I think is worth mentioning is uh, Tales from the Dark Side. This is definitely an underrated show. I know that everybody loves Tales from the Crypt, and uh, that's probably the most popular, like, anthology horror show. But Tales from the Dark Side, it was uh, created by George A. Romero, and uh, it's really, really good. It has a really creepy theme song. The the intro, the whole intro is really good. It's, it's honestly creepier than the show is because the show is very uh, 80s. I think it came out in the 80s, 80s or 90s, but it's very, like vintage horror if you like 80s horror films i would definitely recommend watching tales from the dark side because each episode is basically a a 20 minute 80s horror film it's great and uh, it has a great theme song a very weird theme song i think that um i think it's available on shutter right now it used to be at least uh when i first signed up but um if you have shutter you should check it out and also uh shutter should sponsor me but yeah so Tales from the Dark Side, really good, really good theme song, really good show. And uh, yeah, I think that about wraps up this episode on horror soundtracks. Uh, obviously, you know, like I say all the time when I'm talking about like lists and, and movies that I like, there are so many others that I could go into that I love a lot, but I tried to keep it relatively short for this episode and just talk about um, some of the highlights and the ones that I think really uh, stand out to me. Like I said, ones that I listen to a lot uh, even outside of the films and ones that I think you should check out too if you haven't uh, if you haven't heard them. Like I said, some I, I will listen to horror soundtracks that are for movies I haven't even seen. So even if you haven't seen any of these movies, which I don't know if you're listening to this podcast, I, I assume you have seen most of these movies, but they are great soundtracks. They are great songs. And uh, those are my favorites. So that's been episode number 11 of off the press. Uh, Oh, I did want to mention, I will, there will not be a new episode next week because I'm going to be in new Orleans. So I don't think I'll be back in time, uh, with enough time to record a new episode. Maybe I will be, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, so we'll see, but I I will be on vacation next week. So I don't know if there will be another episode next week, but I will definitely be back the week after. So check back in for that. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to the show, leave a review, leave a star rating, whatever. Follow me on Instagram at Off the Press Pod, and of course my brand at Loudmouth Threads. And uh, yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Sam Hain. It means the Lord of the Dead. The end of summer. The festival of Sam Hain. October